0: sorry to disappoint you. So what was your expectation? Nah, I'm just an everyday dude. Oh, you expected perfection? This is what Christianity is supposed to be like. I make mistakes. Like, lots of mistakes. I'm just trying to do the best that I can do. I guess I'm just imperfectly human. Welcome to another episode of the Imperfectly Human Podcast. I am your host, Mr. Daly, and I want to welcome you to, I think we, this is season, this is episode nine of season two. Mm -hmm. I might be wrong though, (laughs) but but we're getting through it. We're getting through it. So I've got, I've got with me, Mm -hmm. uh... This ain't he ain't no guest. <laughs> I, I, I ain't gonna make him feel like he a guest. <laughs> this home I'll, this homecoming, I'm coming out alumni. Exactly, we we <laughs> we got we got imperfectly human alumni in the building. <laughs> <laughs> Dr. Terrence Johnson. <laughs> 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 oh okay. uh, Yeah, we, we so I'm talking to Terrace today. We are talking about we're doing an episode called No Safety Net. And I'm gonna say this is a special episode for two reasons. Number one, you guys ain't gonna hear me talk. <laughs> 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 oh. number two you ain't gonna hear me talk you <laughs> <laughs> say that we're gonna see how far how far they go as we go oh this okay. is that that's the challenge that is the challenge for today i'm a i'm i'm gonna stick to asking the questions today yeah. so that's, okay. that's my goal okay. that is my goal right. i'm not i'm not trying to take over but before we get into that I want yeah. to thank everyone that's listening. Um, whether you're listening on Transistor, Apple P- Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Breaker Tune In, Pocket Casts, uh, uh, what's that one? Audible wherever yeah. you might be listening from I appreciate it seriously I look at the um, I look at the weekly stats and the downloads and I can constantly I see them constantly growing and I feel blessed because there was a point where I wanted to quit this podcasting thing I didn't want to do it anymore and that's full transparency on my part Um but just seeing the support that you guys give me has encouraged me and it's making me stay and I'm trying to make sure that the Imperfectly Human podcast is something that you can connect with, it's something that um, encourages you and is relevant to your lives and that is why we are doing this episode because Terrence has got a story and you guys have got over the, over the last season. You got flavors of Terence's story, but you never really, really got the real thing. Yeah. <laughs> so, so we, so this today, like I said, I ain't gonna talk. Okay. I All I, right. I, I'm gonna stay quiet. So, um, I'm gonna start. Question number. I'm not even gonna say question number one. Let's let's get reintroduce yourself to the people because we. So. Before, since you've been here, Terrence, I got new people, man. <laughs> I got new okay. people now. I got new family. Okay, <laughs> okay new people. <laughs> yeah. So I think the demographic has changed. I've moved the yeah. podcast from being just a Christian podcast to one that focuses yeah. more on life and entrepreneurship. And that has opened it up to uh, a wider audience. But it still has that flavor of telling people that the ethos hasn't changed. It is still a it's about documenting the journey of a christian entrepreneur because our journey is not the same as no regular entrepreneur we have right. different standards that we hold ourselves accountable to so people it's interesting to give people that flavor so yeah with that said can you tell the people about dr johnson
1: all right so all right so well no the way I want to kind of introduce myself. So I'll introduce myself as, you know, what I do or have done and then who I am, because that's two totally different things. So, uh, what I do and what I have done, I, I have been and in a mental health field for many years, whether it's through case management, a therapist, supervisor, but I've also been a professor for many years. Um, on the collegiate level when I did um, master level and doctoral level students. So I did all of that graded papers, answered the emails on committees for people, dissertations and all that kind of good stuff, Uh, creating courses and assignments. I did all of that. Uh, But who I am, I am one, I am a proud introvert. I have learned to embrace that about myself. Amen. Uh, I am a, a church, a church. I don't know, kids or whatever. I grew up in the church. Church is uh, one of the main things about me. You'll get it as I talk. It's a lot of churchy stuff that I will say and do. Uh, it just can't help it. <laughs> uh, I am somebody that likes uh, nature. You know, I just did I do like nature walks or do rucking and stuff. Um, I try and keep myself up because, uh, like I said, you only get one body and one life. And if you want to live a longer life, if you invest in yourself, you will get to that. So if you if you are not getting the dividends you want in your life, it's probably because you're not investing enough in your own health and wellness. And uh, like I said, LeBron, spending millions of dollars on him when he winning championships and stuff like that should be the proof that it works. So, uh, but I'm also a creative. Uh, I'm a writer. Uh, I am a person that's real techie. Uh, I like to read. <laughs> I'm a real deep thinker. Uh, I like to have fun, but also I like to overall motivate people. I think that's my greatest quality. I am a motivator and encourager, naturally. Uh, I think, I I guess the way to describe it, on like, on the maximum level. So I tell anybody, and David knows know this about me too, don't tell me something you want to do because I'm going to put the booster pack to you. (laughs) So if you're not ready for that, then don't tell me. And like my students know that I've been like that across the board. Everybody who knows me. I just give them that disclaimer, like, look, before you tell me something that you want to do, if you're not ready, don't don't tell me. Because my wheels go to turn and I start having ideas and and viewpoints and perspectives and resources and I just can't help it. I'm naturally (laughs) I'm, I'm naturally gifted in that area and I and I don't have a problem utilizing that for anybody. So. Um that's me, you know, what I do, what I've done, and then who I am. So I think a lot of what people usually get from people is what they do and wrap identity around it. Now I've learned to distance myself from that. I just what I do is informed by who I am and not vice versa.
0: Mm, now I I was gonna ask you. Yeah elaborate on why you've separated the two because i think it's a, it's an important point it's yeah. an important point and you know until we started speaking i never really realized that i did exactly what you described there of um, yeah. what people do when when they say oh tell us about yourself you immediately start talking about what you do not who yeah. you are yeah so how did you get to that point of, the, of like, hey, I need to separate these two? Yeah, well, it, hospital being
1: <laughs> stress, <laughs> all that, that's really how I got that. Uh it, It's really, I, I like I said, I say I'm recovering a couple things, not like alcoholism, but workaholism is one thing that I'm recovering from, and so that's a byproduct of it. I have no problem working hard. I will have tunnel vision, lock in. That's how i I've been able to achieve so many things at a young age. Like most people look at my resume and like, man, how did you do all that and all this kind of stuff? And it's like a lot of it is like a blur to me. Or it's not as significant as people think because I'm always seeing how what I'm doing links to something that's next or I want to do next. So I just look at look at look at it as transportation to where i want to go next not in the accolades of it and um for me you know so i tell this story when i was working when i was counseling one i was working in the toxic work environment which was literally killing me like literally like i'm about about 185 190 I had lost weight. I was almost like 150 some pounds like I couldn't eat and people that know me. No, I love to eat. And I, I didn't have an appetite. I was literally so stressed out by my work environment that I literally could not eat. And I was doing outreach with one of my coworkers and I had a sharp pain in my side well not my side kind of like my stomach and i was like well, it's not you know it's not like stomach cramps or you know gas or whatever <laughs> I was like it's something different It's another pain yeah like, i don't know what it is and she's like you all right i was like i don't know and i was like well, i'm trying to just you know tough it out i did a workshop and everything and it's like when i got to the house i just couldn't get up out the bed i literally just was staying just in pain like hours and hours And I think I took an aspirin or something that night. I was going to go to work the next day. And then um, I think my mom said, like, you might want to get checked out, you know, first before. And I'm like, "Okay, cool. Went to the doctor. He recommended that I get a CT scan because he was like, it's either kidney stones or your appendix. I went to the hospital, did a CT scan. And once they got my results they prepped me for surgery. So they're like, Mr. Johnson was like, yeah, hey, um, we need to take you to surgery. I like, when? I'm like, they're like, right they're, now. I'm like, what? Like they put me in a wheelchair and wheeled me across the skywalk and I went down to prep for surgery. And Damn. so what they, saw, what they saw on the on the X-ray or the CT scan, like my appendix was about to rupture. So they had to rush me to surgery. So I had to get my appendix taken out. And I think I was inside about two three hours or something like that, and got released and still went back to work within maybe like a week i think and still was rolling. <laughs> you know what I'm saying because in the midst of that i was still i was I was counseling from eight to five eight to four thirty I was in doctoral program two days a week where we had class from like five to nine o'clock. I was adjunct teaching, which meant I had a class I taught once a week. That was about three hours. So pretty much I had Monday through Friday. I had something to do every evening, whether it was my class, teaching class, prepping for class or doing stuff as far as my clients, for his counselor. So, I'm the poster child of burnout and workaholism and (laughs) all that kind of stuff. Which is why I'm real passionate about those areas and like self-improvement and wellness and development and stuff because I literally had to do it for myself because I was so bad at taking care of myself because I was just doing for everybody and everything else and I put myself, you know, on the back burner. And I suffer
0: from it. I paid the price. <laughs> I got the hospital bill and stuff to prove. That. I paid the price for that. I'm gonna ask a question that's kind of selfish. Yeah. But I'm sure the audience are probably thinking a very similar thing. So, yeah. How did you? Because me and you, we've talked. We we you know, I'm yeah. I'm like a mirror image of you in the sense yeah, that. Yeah. I'm a workaholic. Yeah. I, I've always been. I was just literally in the car an hour or two ago. I was just saying to my wife, I, I need to be careful that I don't get sucked back into just work, 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 work like I always do. Yeah. I can work morning to night and not even think about food. Yeah. Big, so how did you. So when you say you're a poster child for burnout and all of those mm-hmm. things, I immediately relate because I've been there. I'm, I've been on that on the edge. It, yeah. Most people that that, that listen or or, pe- or people that know me personally will know that I went from a five day working week to a three day working week for a twelve month period because mm-hmm. of stress and anxiety and all of mm-hmm. those things. Yeah. So how did you? How did you get yourself How did you stop yourself From going back Because Like now I recognize What I am But that doesn't mean that I can In me I still know that It's in there To just go Ha Work Work But how do you Like how Literally How did you stop yourself From From Going back into that cycle
1: Yeah So that's a good question So one of the things I think at the base of burnout is awareness. When you keep pushing yourself to burning out, that means that the signals that your body is giving you to slow down, stop, rest, you are bypassing, and you keep you keep not heeding them. So I think at the at the beginning, of it, it's really starting to be a lot more in tune on what my body was telling me. If I felt like I needed to take a nap, I would take a nap. <laughs> like, if I felt like I needed to just like, okay, I can't work on this anymore. I just need to put the laptop up, put the phone down, whatever, do that. I know for me, especially being like an introvert or whatever, um, too much stimulation overwhelms me. And the main thing that I is, my default is like YouTube or articles or whatever. And I have a, like a sensory overload. Like I just overwhelm myself with too much stuff. And that compounds how I feel or the work that I'm doing. So if I'm always on my laptop, always on my phone, I'm always in front of something that I could do some work. It's like, oh, well. I'm watching this and doing something fun or I'm playing this little game, but I could just get on here and, you know, type this or send this email. Dah, 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 dah. So you have to, it's pretty much almost like you do, you know, with like the ad blocker or like privacy setting you literally have to put parameters around yourself like, no, you cannot do this. No, you cannot have this. So like at night, I try and put all electronic devices away from my nightstand or whatever. I don't want to be able to wake up in the middle of the night and be able to reach my phone or reach a tablet. So I put stuff around opposite sides of the room and all that kind of stuff. But also, and one thing I start to do is, And a lot of phones have now, they kind of have like your digital wellness or track how many hours you spend on apps or on your phone total. And I really set a goal like, okay, I want it. I don't want to have no more than maybe four hours a day on my phone. And so that's when I went into pretty much do not disturb mode every day. I was keeping my phone on do not disturb. And I had it set to where you know, important call, people that I know I needed to kind of get, you know, have a conversation with, if they called, it would ring for them. But anybody else, it was on silent. And that helped me because that's one of my struggles, you know, people pleasing and I was being available for people. always having conversations with people and really give myself a, a deadline. And that's one thing I did too. I set a time at night. It's like okay, somebody calling me at seven o'clock. I'm not answering it. They might get a text back the next day. I might not depend on who it is. If I know who it is and what they want, they alright. <laughs> and they didn't leave me a, a voicemail. Oh, they definitely alright. Okay. And so I, I then I, I made myself unavailable to a lot of people. And so those people that I really just didn't need to be in contact with. They just kind of started to kind of transition away from from me. So like I like that my phone doesn't ring and ding all day long like it used to. And I've kind of transitioned that way because I've kind of set those parameters and boundaries with people. And like I said, even, you know, the people closest around me know it's like if I don't answer the phone or text right off, well, I might it might be a day or two. It's not about you. It's, it's about me. <laughs> it's like I'm not in a good space. I know you might want to talk about something. I don't have the energy to really listen or really be there and not feel drained more by it. So it's like I'll wait till I got time and then I'll call you back. And then, you know, we had a conversation. So I think you just have to be honest about, well, being aware of what your energy drains and then what you do to replenish yourself. So, like, walking, exercising, journaling, reading, all those things help. uh, I said watching things that's more positive, uh, documentaries and stuff, that helps, too. Um, I I don't know if I had talked about it. I know we even talked about it, but I don't know if I talked about it on the podcast about float therapy. Uh, That's a big thing. And if you somebody kind of get overwhelmed by too much sensory overload, that definitely helps. I know with COVID and the pandemic, a lot of you know, a lot of people might not have the most accessibility to things like that. But um, it just really being more responsible about how I'm taking care of myself, and it it really the best year that I had was the year that I spent the most money on myself. It's like I do a float therapy. I was doing my own personal therapy. I was, uh, you know, doing what? I, what is I was doing? Oh, that was like massages or whatever. Because you know, I had a car accident a couple of years ago, so they kind of helped the chiropractor. I had like a whole team <laughs> like every week out going, and but I felt the it was like I felt the most grounded, the most clarity that year because I really was actively taking a real priority in myself and my, my health and wellness. And I know some people might say, you know, they might not have the money to do all those things. I understand that, but it's something that you can do that's free, uh, that you can start to implement and then work your way into some things that might, you know, be more of an investment. So, Do you know what I was
0: thinking? A lot of people, I, A lot of people don't even realize that all that stuff that taking care of yourself is a tax write off as well because you know you. That's why it's always been fascinating that people don't invest in themselves because, hey, even if you want to do it from a selfish perspective, look, take care of yourself and pay less tax. that's just yeah. one of the one of the benefits, yeah. but anyway, anyway anyway, let's <laughs> before I take us off track like i <laughs> like I'm prone to doing um, <laughs> let's uh let me let me ask you this, so obviously we called this episode no safety net right why do you, why why do you not have a safety net? that's my question yeah well okay, so a, I know I'm, why I, I'm a, yeah. you need to tell the people why
1: I know why yeah, yeah. well i'm a, I'm a frame it in different way so I, I wanna frame it first of why you know what a safety net is and what it's supposed to do. okay and why you know, why would you not want to have a safety net? so when I think about safety net, I think about you know the trap the trapeze. Walkers, you know, people they, they're walking on the train, yeah, feet, yeah, and they have to balance themselves. Um, but if you have a safety net, you can't really focus on staying balanced. You always know that, hey, if something happens, then you know, I I'm got safe. Some- yeah, same with training wheels on a bike. So, when you're learning how to ride a bike, you have training wheels, and then to really ride, you have to take them off. But when you take them off, you risk falling and scraping your knee up or all kind of different that so You might run into something. You, ne- you never know. But you have a lot you have more of a sense of uh, not even responsibility, but it then forces you to utilize other skills that you wouldn't need if you had the safety net. So for me, when I got to the point of Quit my job. I knew that. Well, okay. Before before I go there, so it wasn't as random as it appeared to people. <laughs> so I'll start there because most people are like, well, I can't just quit my job and work off a job, even though I want to, and these people crazy, and my boss crazy. Like I get out of it. Um, mine was a more maybe like one and a half, two year plan almost. So it was different benchmarks that I had to ha- had to hit in order to clear the path. Cause I was not only transitioning out of out of position for, you know, to go full time in the business that I co-owned, but I also was preparing to move too. So I had two different, two different variables that had to work together and I had to sequence them. <laughs> to kind of clear the runway for me to leave. And so, you know, selling my house was one and then, you know, prepping myself. So that's when the self-care stuff really ramped up. That, that year really going into me quitting my job. And I really prolonged it six months because I was going to quit maybe, yeah, toward the end of that year in 2018. And I stayed another semester Because I was trying to get my last student graduated. And I was like, look, you need to come on out because you're the only reason why I'm still here now. You need to come on graduate so I can leave. So, so when he graduated, then I, 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 that's when I, I turned in my resignation. But, uh, the safety net of, having a consistent paycheck puts you in autopilot and that's when you get to the point where you just you know you buying stuff you don't know when you bought it how it got in your house where it came from and you're just spending money you got like reoccurring charges on your account and you don't even know when you signed up for stuff and so it's like that safety net, it it blinds you to a lot of things that you're doing that's keeping you in the situation you're in. Once you take that safety net away, and I said, my, the first, (laughs) the first time I realized that, like, oh, this is real, is when I was past my, you know, time of of notice or whatever, and my first direct deposit didn't come into my account that week. That's when it was real. (laughs) I'm like, Oh, so, so y'all not gonna pay me no more? So that, that I mean, just because I ain't there, don't mean y'all gotta do me like that. Like y'all can just give me a couple more checks. man. y'all gotta do me like that. And so that's that's when I realized, like, oh, the safety net is gone now. I gotta really figure this out. Now, what made it better is you know I had you know I not had I have a business partner, and so we were both kind of in the same situation. I quit my job, like, that July going into August, he quit his, that September. So we were really kind of in the same boat. Um, and like I said, a lot of people familiar with, you know, these different startups or billionaires or whatever, like when they were creating Microsoft or Apple and they being locked in these rooms or hotel rooms or dorm rooms, working but, you know, weeks on end and you getting like little crackers or eating stuff and whatever. And like we did that, you know, make chicken sandwiches and, and, and a big fry. And, you know, that was kind of like the, the meal every every day, you know what I'm saying? And, we'd be, and I was working and planning and being on the whiteboard and just kind of just in it. And so it's not the safety net once you remove it. You don't get that, like, oh man, we just closed the deal for, you know, $100,000 and all that. And like, no, it's a struggle. <laughs> You're like, man, I left this consistent, you know, paycheck. And, you know, it's like, man. And then, you know, you get the the input from people around. It's like, man, well, why don't you, why don't you try another job and get some part time and da, 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 and all that kind of stuff. And you got to go through that because, you know internally why you did it and you know what you're passionate about and what you're moving towards. But most people don't want to push outside of their comfort zone. And so they will suffer even in a toxic environment because they don't know what the next step will be. I get to a point where it's like, as long as I know why I know what I'm doing, I will leave Anything, I will, I will change location, change job, <laughs> whatever it is. If I feel like it's hindering me going forward, I'm willing to give it up because, like I said, I'm not wrapped up in the identity part. And for a while, I was. It was like, oh, I'm a professor. I'm a professor at a, you know, uh, you know, uh, primarily white institution, white Christian institution. There's not too many of us there. <laughs> uh, and I'm young. I'm I'm probably one of the youngest professors there. I worked hard to get in that position. And I was like, man, I'm going to give all this up. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But it really wasn't giving anything up. It was transitioning from me working inside of a system to me creating... A system that worked with my talents and what I had to give and offer, and if you somebody that's like an out the box thinker, you real unorthodox systems don't usually work for people like that <laughs> because you always see what could be done that can improve things, and, and most organizations, most departments want to rem- they want to uh, maintain the status quo they just want things to work like they always worked and this is what we always done it this how you know she knows how to do it he knows how to do it and we just like the way it is Uh, but if you really are on the cutting edge of things unless you are in a work environment that supports that and encourages that that's not the norm and so I tell tell my cousin or like other people I know this all the time and we kind of all in the same career path is once you get to a certain point in your career either you're going to run somebody else's stuff or start your own you won't be able to come under somebody else to work because you're going to be threatening you're going to have knowledge, experience all that kind of stuff and it's harder because you're going to have to fit under something <laughs> you know and so if you get to a point where it's like man they don't appreciate me they don't whatever it's not really a lack of appreciation or um like they don't value what you do it's just the fact that it's to a point where if you do it if you don't somebody else can come in and do it and that's the thing, like you have to understand. Any any position you get in, you are replaceable. If you understand that, then you understand why the workaholism and the advancement. It seems like it's worth it, but it's not worth it because once you get to the place you want to get to, it's so much energy that you invested, and in, it's like it doesn't feel with the feel the way that you thought it would. And that's why for me. I kind of reached the ceiling in my career. I don't have any other degrees to get, certificates to get, certification to get. I have all of them. So, okay, what now? (laughs) Because for me, I'm a lifelong learner. I like to know new things, innovative things in different areas and meet different people in different fields and stuff. And so I didn't want to confine myself to Uh, And I did a presentation on it, too. I'm more than a therapist. I'm far, like, what my skill sets and experiences are are far outside of just therapy. And to transition out of that in a traditional field, people don't know how to react to that or understand that. Because, like, well, you're good at that. Why don't you just go back to seeing client? It's like, I've done that. That's a skill that I have. Now I want to master something else. Now I want to push myself forward. I want to grow. And for me, I had to be in a continuous state of growth. When I get bored is because I'm doing something that I've already done before.
0: So I think you, and you kind of touched on it because I think that's that's an interesting point that you bring up that. I think most people hearing your story would have thought, well, if he's a licensed therapist, he could just open up, open up a a, a therapy Mm -hmm. clinic and, and, and seek clients and, and he's good. And, you know, he'll have clients coming in through the door because people always need therapy, but you meet what you said right there was. You've done that. You, Mm -hmm. you've, that doesn't challenge you anymore. Mm-hmm. So how do you, and I, I you again, you kind of touched on this, but maybe just yeah. elaborate on it more for the people, but um, how do you find constantly find new challenges? I know that the lifelong learning is part of the process, but you know, what's that inspiration to keep finding new challenges? Because being humans, and this is why we aren't imperfectly human, but being humans our our natural our natural um, instinct is to gravitate towards safety, yeah, so as soon as we take away the safety net we 're looking for a new one, so how do you keep yourself kind of like no, i don 't need to just put a new safety net there, I need to focus." on that balance, on that trapeze and keeping my balance and keeping on this, on this path?
1: Yeah. So, the best way to describe it is anytime time that I feel they pull to go back into safety, I'm always, it's always connected to maybe the feedback of other people or the perception of what people have of what I'm doing right now. So, if it's harder for me to explain, like you know, somebody asked, So what you doing now? It's like oh, I'm working on stuff or whatever. Like oh well, but when did what you used to do? Why don't you do that again? Da 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 da. And then I might start thinking about well, yeah, I can do that. Know what? So one of the boundaries, especially if you're in the entrepreneurship world, is you have to have a boundary around what you really want to do and passionate about, and people's expectations for you. <laughs> <laughs> because their expectation will pull you back out of alignment and get you back into safety, not necessarily because you want to, but you're just tired of the questions or you tired of the pressure or you tired of whatever. And like, man, I just don't, uh, it seems like it's not coming together as fast. So maybe let me do this for a while and come back. And every time you do something outside of what you really, and not just want to do, But I think a lot of things we are called to do or led to do, and we avoid it and pivot, and then it gets us trapped again for a number of years or a span of time, and then we circle right back (laughs) to the same point. And so that's kind of how we get at the crossroads. But for me, I can't say that it's like every day I've been, yes, Okay, I'm committed. I'm focused on whatever. I've had those times where kind of like I drifted back off, or like, well, let me see if I can find something maybe part time for a little minute. Let me find. Let me see what they got on Indeed. Let me see whatever. You know, so like, I can't say that I haven't done that, but it hasn't. The thing that I may have tried to do, they didn't work out, uh, or I started to see what the missing piece was because some of it is timing, not necessarily saying that you are off track It's other things that got to be put into place before it fully works. But in the meantime it's connecting to people that have pieces of what you need in the future. So what I was doing was I was connecting to a lot of different people during that time and getting you know, not just viewpoints on what I was doing, but hearing other people doing things on their own and the startups and other business owners or whatever. And like, it's my struggle. Oh, you got the same struggle. And that kind of gave me the encouragement. So I started to find the people that were kind of in the, on the same path as me. And it made me feel not as isolated because. The entrepreneurship journey is a very isolating, very frustrating, very emotionally draining journey. And for people that's not on that, it's hard to explain <laughs> and hard for them to see the back, behind the scenes process. So it, it made me think about, I was watching so Lupe Fiasco, he's one of my favorite rappers. So I watched a YouTube video of his where he went on IG live, and he was, you know, record So, like, his process of writing a song. And it was like the rawest thing ever. And not raw, like, good. Like, no, nah, just like him going back and forth. Da, 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 da. Oh, okay. Let me change the word. It's like an hour just doing this back and forth, back and forth, back and forth till you like built the song out. People just want to hear the song. <laughs> they don't want to do that. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? There's hours just sitting there at a mic, just doing words or just, you know, making sounds back to back to back till you figure it out and get the sequence down. And like, oh, okay, now I got, it. okay, let me add that. That's the thing. Like, if you're not willing to commit to the process, then whatever product that you're trying to put out, it won't come to fruition because you worried about the final product. But if you you learn to embrace the process, then whatever span of time it takes, you commit to that. And that's the thing that doesn't get posted on Facebook or Instagram or LinkedIn. You kind of get the degree You're like, oh, I graduated, you know, finally finished. Everybody get their doctorate or whatever. But that journey, that's the thing that people don't see. And, I think that's what more and more entrepreneurs need to see, or aspiring entrepreneurs need to see, what's the bad aspects of this? Like, what what do the worst days look like? Because you you have to balance those out because you will have those. You will have opportunities that come down the line. You sign paperwork. You know, people got contracts or uh, proposals you've done. And then nothing like we had like over the years we've had so many like i I got a whole file of stuff we had meetings back and forth we met with people (laughs) we had in-person meetings we had dinner we had all this kind of stuff and then it's like nothing or like i've had this happen where i had some in the works almost signed and then it was in the school district like the superintendents change or the supervisor change, and then nothing. <laughs> and like, right there. Like the next day, it probably got signed. And they're like, oh, we changed. You're like, oh. So it that rejection and hearing no. If you can't handle that, you won't go far uh, on this journey. Because it's a consistent stream of, well, okay, I like it, but let me check our budget. Okay, yeah, I do it, but can you do it for this price? I know that's lower than y'all price, but let me, okay, well, you know, I like this, but we don't like the overall, kind of, it doesn't fit well in, uh, you know, fiscal budget or whatever. So it's like all these, <laughs> all these different things happen. Um, Or you just have people. It's just a a, a culture or value um, mismatch where your values of what you're doing and the values of the person that you're collaborating with, trying to partner with, it just doesn't fit. And it's cool. That's OK. But it's once you know your business identity or your brand identity or whatever, then people can't really shape or move that or um, influence that. But when you're in
0: the early stages, it can be different. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of the Imperfectly Human the podcast. To Remember to subscribe and share this and podcast. Shit, it out. You can do this on your you favorite streaming platforms. platforms. <laughs> because people are like, well, you can do it this way. Like,
1: oh, yeah, we can do it that way. Let's see how it goes. And you don't really know because you haven't got that far yet. So,
0: yeah. Mm. Yeah, the, the Lupe thing takes me back. Takes me back. Those of y'all that know you know. <laughs> back in the day. When, uh, it, But yeah, I think for me, the creative process, the creative process is probably... And I, it's funny, I didn't even think of, I didn't even think of it, um, of how closely it mirrors the entrepreneur, entrepreneurial journey. Yeah. Because I know what Lupe was doing. Because yeah. That's what I did. I'd yeah. be locked away. I remember I would finish my nine to five at the time and I would come, come home and I would be locked in my studio from six, seven o'clock My wife would bring me my dinner in the studio. She'd Mm -hmm. sit down with me. I'd be like "Mm," eating, eating my food and writing bars and playback. (sighs) No, that don't fit. Change that, Mm -hmm. change that. Playback. Nah. And, and literally I would go to sit from seven o'clock, two in the morning, three in the morning. And that's just to get the song written. That's not even to record. Yeah. Then you don't add, then you've got to add in the time to produce the beat. Yep. Then you add in the time. So first you produce the beat. Then you write in the lyrics. Then you put the whole song together. Then you've got to mix it. Then you've got to master it. Then you've got to put it out and wait, you've got to promote it and you've got to, it's a whole thing. And it's the same with this. Mm-hmm. And, and you know, you kind of like, you 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 speak to my soul right now because <laughs> you're reminding me of the process that I had to go through with that. And I'm yeah. over here trying to build something bigger. So obviously everyone knows yeah, um, this Imperfectly Human now documents my journey as an entrepreneur. And, I lo- and this is why we're doing this because you're an entrepreneur. You're going mm-hmm. through the same struggles. You're going through the same thing. Um, and, I used to sit there and I used to be like, man, Terence ripped out his safety net. I need to rip out my safety net. <laughs> and, but I've been doing this. I've been doing yellow eight or whatever in various guises since 2008. I ripped out my safety net in 2008. If I don't, if I don't do any client work this week, then guess what? There's no, there's no pay coming in. There's no money coming in and those bills aren't getting paid. So in a funny way, I've kind of numbed myself to the fact that I already ripped out my safety net because in my mind, mentally, I put in a new safety net and that new safety net. Um, so look, look, see, Terrence, you do this all the time. You you, you, you ministry to me now, <laughs> but you kind of made I put a new safety net in by um, how I operate with my clients and not taking any breaks. I literally work. I literally take seven days vacation, if that a year, because I'm afraid of no income coming in. Mm-hmm. So i put a new safety net in, in a different way, but that doesn't work. Because I'm still dealing with the same frustrations that I had before. I've I've turned turned what should have been freeing and what should have been a creative experience for me into something else. And this is why this this episode was so important to me. So what would your advice be to me? (laughs) Because (laughs) I already
1: had that answer already. So... I'm gonna tell you, like I, I I I had and this is still evolving for me, but it goes right back to how I introduced myself at the beginning. The reason why you keep cycling around to the same thing is because you haven't redefined how you want to help people yet. You still are helping in the same way. So that perspective is still the same. Because it's like I help and I the same way. I don't want to go back into doing one-on-one therapy. It's the same thing you doing. It's like, I know for me, as soon as I start doing one-on-one therapy again, I become a therapist again. And for me to, to save space for the other things that I really want to do and create, I can't do that because that's a, that's an intense energy drain on me. Not that, not that I don't enjoy doing the therapy. I just know what it does to me. <laughs> it's because I'm a all I'm either all in or all out. I don't have a in-between setting in my body. <laughs> so I have to put parameters around myself, and that keeps me from you know myself really <laughs> like from burning out, and it's the same thing. Is like you have to redefine not only what you do, but start to connect. So, all right. So like the skills that you have from what you do with the clients, they can be transferred into a different method or delivery than just strictly one-on-one. So for me, the reason why I don't want to do therapy and one-on-one is because my goal is to, and it goes with what I'm learning. So I say, I know this is your background, but that's why I'm really interested in UX design, like user experience design, because I want to create experiences or create products or services that really take counseling concepts, but take them outside of the therapy room. It makes it a lot more accessible to people, but it's done in a fun, innovative way. But if I'm doing the direct searches all the time, I don't have time to do that. And I don't have time to do the research behind it, mock it up, whatever. And so I have to know well, what feeds me energy-wise and what drains it. And at the beginning of my career, therapy was my all. I love doing it. The same thing for teaching. I love doing it. Till I got to the point where I did. That's all people wanted me to do. <laughs> it's like, we just want you to see clients. We just want you to teach classes. And I can do so much more. But if you whittle me down to just doing one thing, then that's when I want to. I want to transition out of it because I have various levels of how I can do that in that space. And so that's the same thing is redefining. Well, what what the service look like for you now and what's the target audience that you want to go towards now and that's our ever-evolving thing that's what we're at now like we're about to pivot it's not a hard pivot but I think what we're going now is really back to where we started was with kids uh like high school college that's kind of all, uh, and that's been one of my passion areas I love working with high school and college uh, age students. I did middle school, you um, know, too much. <laughs>
0: but, but
1: high school, college, I, I, because we're trying to get to the point where, like I said, it's a lot of things you can do that can make money, but it doesn't have the impact that you want. We want those things to intersect, but in a way that is for the people who really need it. And so, now is becoming more and more apparent that our need is for the next generation and getting them connected to their purpose because we didn't get that when we were in school. We didn't get somebody to really inform us of, well, what are you really passionate about? Not where what this test told you to do, but what are you naturally gifted in? What are your strengths and kind of how can you prepare for that? Because the working world for them, it's going to be different than it was for us. They're not going to be able to roll... You know, having a degree is less and less important now. So, if everybody has a degree, then who's going to get a job? Uh, And if you're coming right out of school, you're not going to get the entry level anymore. (laughs) And most tech companies are going to these certificates and not degree programs anyway. So, that's so a lot of things the the career well just the industry as a whole is going so fast that higher ed or k through 12 or whatever is not catching up so students are coming in behind and it got to be a way to kind of make that gap up because they're probably gonna they're pretty much probably gonna be the the generation where they had to create their own jobs because it's not going to be enough jobs in the workforce because a lot of degree programs there are no jobs in those industries anymore and the, and as more things get automated, it won't be a need for people to do certain things.
0: Yeah, I see. It's funny. I see it circling back to kind of like how it was in biblical times where you had to have a skill. It wasn't about jobs. It was about skills. You created your own career. You created your own work. And that's kind of, it's funny you say that because, and and again, you know this already, but that's the way we educate our children. We're not pushing them towards degrees or anything like that. Now, if they told us they wanted to be doctors or architects, that's different because- There is no way around that. But if they telling you know, with what they're saying they want to do, then, OK, what skills do you need to make you successful in that path? And yeah. what skills can you develop that are transferable? So in case you need to pivot, you yeah. can pivot and you can take your new skills Your skills somewhere else So yeah I'm 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 blown away By By you know What you guys are Doing now Moving towards the kids That's a Definitely Definitely a good move I I like that I like that So So Tell the people Because Obviously I've been See Let let me just put this out there Let me just put this out there now You guys have listened to Dr. Terrence Johnson Talk for (laughs) About an hour. In that hour, you've had about five minutes of me. About about ten. About ten fifteen. <laughs> about 10, 15. You talk a little bit too. You did good, but you talked a little bit too. <laughs> so I'm gonna ask. So this is just this is just one of the sessions that I want to do with 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 Dr. Johnson because there's so much. I mean, we haven't even scratched the surface. Yeah. But I've made it, I've made it a thing of mine to not give you, and this this episode has actually gone longer than I normally go because we're now about 43 minutes flat and that's it. So, you know, this, I don't want to keep dragging it on because we, we've kind of condensed the show now. So mm. we're going to come back because literally I'm telling you, this is just scratching the surface of the wealth of information that Dr. Johnson can give you on life as an entrepreneur, because yeah. he's living it. He is yeah. living it. He's got, yeah. he's got the war. That, well, what's it? Was it? He's got the scars to prove it. Yeah. <laughs> I, I got the head and the t-shirt, you know, I got the head and
1: the t-shirt. Yeah.
0: yeah. So, um, Terrence, man, I want to thank you for coming on. I appreciate it because I know you got a really busy schedule um, so you know, you taking that, taking the time out of the schedule to come out and and have this conversation, I really appreciate it. Uh, but let the people know. Let them. Yeah. I'm, I'm gonna give it back to you now to just yeah. say say your final words, say what you want to say.
1: Okay, so uh, I do. Like I said, you know, they appreciate the the invite or whatever. Like I said, we can we had to cut ourselves off because we can go uh, as long as. as the technology allows us to, <laughs> yeah. to talk. So, uh, but I do want to talk about what we have already available and then what we have in the works. So, half the purpose we have on our mighty networks and its five modules is really for people that, just like I was discussing, you're at a point where you're not necessarily just at a job you don't like, but you just at a stage in your life where you know that this is not what you want for your life, but you don't know exactly what the next phase of your life looks like. And to really start to uh, bring awareness to like, how is that stuckness affecting your life right now? Because that's the thing, just like we talked about before, that's how we burn out. We're unaware of how our Life is really, you know, wearing us out in all different areas in our life. And so, uh, is to really get people on their path to whatever they want to go next with, uh, but also identifying the barriers that can kind of stop them. And so, one thing that I didn't mention in here, and so I'm, I'm pretty sure we'll probably talk about it at another but is dream killers. So, we're kind of focusing on four. So people pleaser, which i mentioned before, daydreamer, doubter, and overthinker. And so we kind of wrap what we do around those four because we know that describes everybody should be able to relate to one of those four. I'm probably three out of the four most of the time. <laughs> so, uh, but that will kind of manifest as you go forward. So uh, if you are interested in that, like I said we do have that available. It's five modules. Uh, in Path to Purpose, you have Crossroads, Dream Killers, uh, Life Excavation, Life Vision, and Life Tribe. And they're all like two to four minute clips um, in each module. Dream killer has the longest ones, about 10 minutes, but it's $125. So you're interested in that. uh I do have the link for that. I'm pretty sure David may include that with this episode, so you're free to check that out.
0: Yep, you'll get the links.
1: Yeah, we'll be doing what we're working on now. I want to do a killer specific small group uh, and get people in that. That will be rolling out soon, so I don't have all particular about that. We're kind of working on that right now. (laughs) So, uh, but That's the thing that I've I've been working on for the longest and I'm real passionate about it because I think that's a good entry point of self-awareness for a lot of people. And um, you can catch me um, like I Progress on Facebook at I Progress CC uh, on Instagram at I Progress CC. You want to catch me on Medium. I've started doing my articles. I've been working a long time to get to this point. So I finally just hit the submit button yesterday. So my first Medium article is up. It's Permission to Choose uh, Your Purpose. And I talk about me quitting my job (laughs) And, and that journey. So if you want to check that out or check any more of my stories out there, it's at Life Excavator. Uh, on Medium, and we also will have a newsletter from our progress in Medium as well. So we have that, but we'll start to put things up on there too about our process or entrepreneurship journey or whatever. We'll have some of those things available too. And podcast soon. I can't give a specific date, but I am getting guests together and all that kind of stuff. Only thing, I'm just trying to get an audience um, prepared so I have a good kind of, you know, initial group of listeners, watchers, whatever, because I got some real unique stories that I want to tell from the people that I'll bring on as guests. And so they like some real powerful, like, um, between organ donors or, you know, oh you know, Pretty much thriving while being blind. Uh, just people that's really doing great, amazing things that had a lot of challenges that, you know, anybody else would say, like, man, I just, you know, I just want to maintain, but they've gone through these situations and they're doing great things for people that have experienced the thing that they've gone through. So that's really what I want to focus that first season on. So it's going to be a lot of inspirational, motivational type people that are doing great things. And that's what I want uh, the podcast to be, as a platform to tell stories and promote people that you might not hear about. So I'm not really looking for the famous people, the people that do the podcast circus or whatever. I want everyday people that are doing great things that people need to know about and they need, you know, support to kind of get, you know, what they're doing off the ground. So So that's
0: it. That's
1: that's me.
0: (laughs) Oh, man. I was trying to look for something. Um, I was trying to look for something to just uh, to to wrap this up with, Um, because, you know, me and you, we both like, we both like songs. We both like music. Um, yeah. And especially I've always said this for me that God speaks to me through music. Yeah. And um, there's a song that I heard recently on uh, Kurt Franklin's latest project. I don't know when this project came out. It was actually 2019. Yeah. Um, I, I don't remember the name of the song. Um, I was trying to see if I could figure it out, but it's a song that basically it says, you can either let me be God over everything or God over nothing.
1: Yeah, I know, hold I can tell you the song.
0: Oh, see, I knew you, I knew you would know, <laughs> <laughs> I knew you would know.
1: Cause that, cause, that mine, cause I can tell you all that. So, okay, and this, this would be a good way to wrap it up. So on that, on that album, that's the same one, I can tell you the name of it, hold on. That's Long Live Life. Long, yeah, Long, long Live Love. love yeah. It. So, uh, I, I can't remember which one, but the one that I had on repeat when I was getting ready to quit my job was just for me. And it was about how God does stuff, even though we might feel like it's bad, but he's doing it just for us, like even the clothes yeah. the, those or whatever. So that was something, um, it might be Father Knows Best. Maybe that might be it.
0: It might know. be. It yeah, might be. But, but yeah. yeah. For, yeah. I just wanted to put that out there for, for the people that are listening. Um, not many people know what I've been through um, over the last couple of years, but my wife pulled up something in the car, and while we were while we were driving, it was from it was from a, a, a successful entrepreneur from a show we got in the UK called Dragons Den, and um, it's basically like Shark Tank. Yeah, but um, he basically said in that in in this post that he put up that you know sometimes your life has to be completely torn up before yeah. it can be rebuilt,
1: mm-hmm. and
0: we're too, we're so busy trying to hold on to what's being torn up that we miss what's being built in the process. Yeah. So I just wanted to encourage everyone that is going through this entrepreneurship entrepreneurial journey where it feels like your life is being torn up yeah don't focus on what's being torn up focus on what's being rebuilt and stop trying to hold on to everything and let god be god over everything because god god can't rebuild the new stuff when you're not letting go of the old stuff the two can't happen at the same time so let God be God over everything and stop standing in the way. Otherwise, you end up with God saying, Look, I'll just be God over nothing. So um yeah, that, that was it. That's all I wanted to say, man. I told you, I told you oh, this was gonna be an episode where I did very little talking. <laughs> I'm gonna get the t shirt now. I don't talk that much. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, <boy. laughs> oh, man. So, once again, Terrence, thank you for, for passing through. And you guys, you guys have got my socials. If you want to keep up with me, you know where to find me. But just in case you don't, it's um, at dydaily on Instagram, at dydaily on Twitter at DY Daily on uh, Stereo, at DY Daily on Clubhouse, at Daily Perspective Network on Facebook, Instagram, and at Daily Network on Twitter. So that's the whole shebang. Um, but yeah, I appreciate you guys. I will see you next week and uh, take good care of yourselves and the people around you and keep being Great. We out. Peace.